This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Good evening. Welcome to Ordinary Observations with Jack and Mark. It is Wednesday evening. Yep, talking this week about unlikely or unusual friendships of the world. Oh, where, remarkable friendships. Yeah, remarkable friendships. Not, where, where you kind of think, wait, those those two people mm, are friends? Not necessarily good people. No, definitely not. Not, not necessarily terrible people but either. Just but, well-known famous people. Yeah. And you're like, those two are even connected to each other? Yeah. Before we start, quick shout out to the... The followers on Spotify, shout out to Jellybean and Pierre. Yeah, whoever Jellybean happens to be, thank you for your comment. Yep. Uh, Pierre Erdick, 1973, thank you for your comment. Always nice to have you listening. Yep. Can't help but notice that only 37% of our listeners are female, so that's frankly unacceptable. Yep. We're going to have to do something to Pump increase. the numbers up. Yeah, so... Uh, Maybe some... Uh, Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong-un. No, I don't know if that's necessarily what's going to get the... <laughs> Pump it up. I don't know if that's necessarily what's going to get the ladies interested, but that's where we're going to start, because... Yep. I mean, that's the most famous of the bizarre friendships of the 21st century. Yeah, so this is a weird one. Um, we have Dennis Rodman, a five-time NBA champion, famous basketballer in the US. He was basically got very famous for being part of the dominant Chicago Bulls team in the late 90s with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Yeah, as you might have seen in a uh, recent Netflix documentary, The, the Last, Last Dance. Yep. So if you go watch that, that's all about Scottie Pippen and Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. And Dennis is there. Dennis is there being himself. He, he's yeah. a character. Yeah, he has this general bad boy character vibe. And he, every single picture of him always has different color hair. And he's a got new, many piercings. Yeah, different color hair, new piercing somewhere, wearing some outrageous outfit. Crazy amount of tattoos. Yeah, he's yeah. a very outgoing kind of character. And then Kim Jong-un. He's a pretty famous guy himself. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, you yeah. know the man? The little rocket man. A little rocket man. Mm. He also has a sick haircut. Yeah, Sol- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very solid. S- strong haircut. Strong hairline as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strong rig also, has yeah. to be said. <laughs> Hefty rig. Hefty rig. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dennis Rodman first visited North Korea in 2013 on a trip with the Harlem Globetrotters as part of a documentary. And um, he and the traveling party were the first Americans to meet Kim Jong, actually. Yeah. So Ever, I think. I think. Yep, that's true. Yeah. He was, it was put together by HBO. They were filming some sort of documentary about this. The Harlem Globetrotters are... They're not really a basketball team. They're more of a circus. Kind like, of like a circus they performance do tricks. kind of thing. Yeah. They do tricks. They weren't playing a game of basketball. So it's not necessarily people interested in basketball. It's more like the fun aspect of it. Mm, exactly. And, and basically, Kim Jong-un was like fascinated about this guy and basketball in general. Yeah, well, he loves basketball. Yeah. Apparently, when Dennis Rodman got involved, apparently they'd called Michael Jordan first. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, Dennis Rodman a little bit of you know, backup kind Mike, of vibe. I think but Michael Jordan's too famous for Yeah, this. Michael Jordan was like, fucking I've absolutely got, I've got not. my own thing going. Absolutely yeah. not. <clears throat> yeah, so they, they go back to his, the, the big palace in North Korea for dinner. And um, Dennis proclaims after one night, he has a he has a friend for life. Mm. Which is pretty pretty odd. I mean, it's a pretty odd... From com- a dictator. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy thing to say. But when you get to know the Dennis Rodman character a little bit more and realize how much... It, it makes sense. Yeah, how crazy it is how much alcohol is probably consumed in that evening. Yeah. It probably it probably fits. So after that tour with the Harlem Globetrotters, they go back to dinner. And then Dennis Rodman sort of... I, I guess he sort of invites himself back a couple months later. Back to North Korea. Yeah. yeah. And so then then this is really where the, the quote-unquote friendship sort of begins. Because he, he goes a lot by himself too. 
yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is really weird. Yeah, right. the Americans hated that as well. Yeah, well, the, yeah, they're widely condemned by the American officials. Yeah, you know, like the actual sort of statecraft kind of guys are yeah. like fucking Dennis Rodman. Stop it, Dennis! Of all people, Dennis fucking Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not too happy about it. It did kind of work out in the end, though. Uh, Almost. We'll Almost. get to that. It's a long story yeah, before yeah. we get to that. We we got he's, a long. He's a character, folks. We, we got a long way yeah. to go here. So yeah, after the whole like friend for life initial visit. Dennis Rodman, he then makes a strange tweet a couple months after that. So there'd been an, this American had been sentenced to 15 years hard labor in the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea. Yeah. And he made a tweet saying, I'm calling on the supreme leader of North Korea, or as I call him, Kim. <laughs> First name basis. <laughs> yeah. To do me a solid yeah. and cut Kenneth Bay loose, which is pretty interesting sort of Term, turn a phrase to who be does using, he think he is yeah, as well? <laughs> using the term do me a solid yeah. and come on bro <laughs> to cu- cut him loose bro yeah. is, is a pretty free my guy he's yeah. done nothing wrong I mean I don't know how much Kim Jong-un is on Twitter but it's yeah, it's entertaining if nothing else so initially um, Kenneth Bay you know he was, a, he was an American citizen American South Korean citizen mm. charged with trying to overthrow the North Korean state or something like that yeah. 15, we, well, 15 years seems to be the standard yeah, issue they're sort of obsessed with this sort of 15 years of hard labor yeah always down the mines yeah whatever crime you've been committing 15 years of hard labor will <laughs> fix it kind of thing yeah. I'm not sure but so yeah during this time he had been urging Obama to pick up the phone as well call Kim you know patch things up sort of man to man kind of deal uh, he said that it's not his job to be smoothing things over but you know Life's strange sometimes. He suggested that he should be nominated for, at least nominated, if not the recipient of the year's Nobel Peace Prize as well. Yeah, the man is mad. <laughs> no, he's a humble gentleman as always. Yeah. So he then visited for a second time in September 2013. This is the time where they really became close, apparently. He met Kim da- Kim's daughter, Kim Yu-A, who would have been just a newborn baby at the time. Yeah. And this was, yeah, like I say, 2013. He said that Kim Yong is a great dad. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's All believed, right, Dennis. <laughs> it's believed that there is another child also at this point who was born around 2010. Apparently on this trip, he spent, you know, some time on vacation by the seaside with the Yong family. Pictures from this trip include Dennis riding horses and singing like karaoke in front of this band, smoking cigars, drinking beers with Kim Jong-un, that kind of thing. It's so funny, man. Yeah, it's, it's like two just dudes hanging out. Yeah, it's pretty funny considering how secretive the kid, like the Kim family is about. Yeah, especially mm. with their kids. I think no one's seen them before either. No, exactly. So this is actually almost fresh news. It wasn't until last year that Kim Yu-A, who... Dennis Rodman born. met in 2013. Mm. So last year, 2022, when she was like officially introduced to the public of North Korea. Yeah, exactly. So she's a 10 year old by now or whatever. Because Kim Jong Un was first released, uh, like released to the public when he was like 25 or something. Yeah, 26. He was yeah. old, like, he was well into adulthood by the time he became acknowledged in the like the na- sphere of that in, yeah. in the state newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dennis just knows <laughs> beforehand. Yeah, so Dennis held her as a baby. But there's been talk now because. She's been introduced to the public mm. that she is going to be in line to be Kim Jong-un's successor. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of interesting. Mm. Obviously, big rumor. She's still only 10 years old, but, like, <laughs> you know, give it, give it 10, 15 years and she'll be oh, I mean, an important figure, perhaps. The guy's not the healthiest. Mm, but whatever. <laughs> so, so Dennis Rodman on holiday with the Yong family. You get the idea. And so he planned out an exhibition match after this. This is September 2013. Yeah, exactly. And then they want to plan out... 
he he wants to plan a sort of birthday present for Kim Yong, which is it's pretty unsettling to hear that like that they're that close yeah. in friends. So apparently Kim Yong had been disappointed with the whole Harlem Globetrotters thing. He yeah. wanted to see like a basketball match. Yeah, he, he didn't want like the tricks and stuff. No, he wanted, no, no. He, he's actually a keen basketball fan. He wasn't there for the circus act. He no. was there for to see some basketball. Yeah, so so Dennis Rodman then set about trying to get like some old old dudes from the NBA who he used to play with or in the same league yeah, back in like the nineties. Exactly. And he wanted to take a group of them over to North Korea to play against the North Korean national team. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily the national team or like Or just like a player exhibition game. Yeah. For for Kim Jong un. Well, because birthday. Dennis Rodman literally selected those players. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's the, in charge of national selection for the national team, but whatever it is, it's an exhibition match. Yeah, so uh, he yeah exactly. He ran a lot of coaching sessions for the North for North Korean basketball players mm. by himself, mm. and even uh, Irish betting agency Paddy Power sponsored this. Yeah, so pretty strange circumstances. Yeah, Paddy Power's massive about yeah. a, an Irish betting agency getting on as the sponsor for this. I don't even know how they got hold of this information or something. <laughs> I do. I mean, I can oh. quickly, I can quickly tell the story. So the year was twenty thirteen. Thirteen, mm. um, just before twenty fourteen. The the Catholic Church were due to re-elect their Pope. Yeah. So Paddy Power were running odds on who the next Pope was going to be. Mm-hmm. At, at that time, the two front, or like the two fav- the yeah. two favorites, were both black men, mm. black cardinals, and so Paddy Power were having the strange bet on whether the next Pope would be a black man. Yeah. And so they had that going on. They had a couple of their you know top dogs down in Rome organizing some publicity for this bet, and then at the time. Dennis Rodman had been in Korea, and so he was one of the most sort of attention-seeking characters in in the world at that point. Yeah. And so they thought, you know, what what better way than to drum up publicity for our bet right now than Dennis Rodman himself? Yeah. So they get, they get Dennis Rodman into Rome, and they've got him bumming around Rome, bumming around the fucking so <laughs> bumming around the Vatican, yeah. ad- advertising Paddy Power's bet on the next black pope. Which I'm sure the Catholic Church didn't want. I'm sure they were pretty confused by that. Yeah. Like, who is this man? Yeah, and so Dennis Rodman there, and then he gets talking to one of the executives. Yeah, the top dogs. And he's like, you know, I'm putting on this uh, exhibition basketball match in North Korea. You want to get behind it? Yeah, and so Paddy Powell, like, fuck, that sounds exactly like the kind of thing we would get behind. Yeah. So they promise a bunch of money. They promise to fund the whole thing. So yeah, Dennis goes back to train, the, train these North Korean team. And uh, get everything prepared for the game. But only two days before he's scheduled to, like, sort all of that, Kim Jong-un's uncle is executed. The knowledge of this and the news of this is, like, spread throughout the world. And uh, obviously puts a lot of, like, pressure and scrutiny on Dennis being like, why are you going back right now to prepare a basketball game? Yeah, obviously a pretty bad time considering it's it's also been sort of branded as a birthday present. Yeah, there's this new crisis about human rights. Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) And then, so yeah, Dennis goes back to North Korea in the end, and he he chooses the team that will play against these NBA All-Stars, and then they drive around Pyongyang on like a propaganda tour, and they visit all like these very fresh sports facilities that they've clearly just built in preparation for this. It's not really like, oh, we had 14 basketball yeah, courts, you know? Yeah, and it's like, there's, you know, there's people at a rehab center in wheelchairs, and it's like, are they really in wheelchairs, though? Yeah. I think they could probably walk. It's just, yeah, it feels yeah. sketchy. But all right, all right, we're going to come back to that. First up, it's the beaches, me and me. You're listening to Gothenburg Student Radio, K103.
Yes, this is K103 Student Radio, and you are listening to Ordinary Observations. And uh, yeah, we're having a look at uh, remarkable friendships of the world, and we're having a look at Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong Un. Yeah, so we're halfway through Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong Un here. There's a lot to cover, so yeah, so bear with us a little bit. But uh, at this point in history, it's sort of late 2013. Dennis yeah. Rodman's just returned to Korea to train or to select the North Korean Somehow team. Somehow he gets to select them himself. He selects the North Korean team, and then he trains them a little bit. Yeah, he's with a couple other like entourage kind of guys. He's got Paddy Power, the Irish betting agent funding this trip yeah and then kind of like basically shit hits the fan at this point shit hits the fan like because we... kim jong-un has executed his uncle days before this yes yeah, so and uh paddy power's like look we're one of the biggest betting agencies in the whole world let's like pull out of this immediately yeah i mean they were only there for a few days yeah uh, he didn't actually get to meet kim jong i guess he was sort of busy with the whole selection the process whole, the whole execution thing is what oh kim yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so yeah when, when they leave and they come out and they you know can receive phone calls again <laughs> um patty power like uh, look i'm sorry mate but um it's yeah, not it's, it's not, not happening it's actually they, not a great look they, they wanted it to be some fun gimmick thing but it's like oh, this is really serious yeah now. this <laughs> is a massive has massive geopolitical implications <laughs> so dennis is a bit stuck in limbo but he yeah. does decide to go through with it I don't know where the funding comes from from this. He, he seems it would have of, cost a lot as well. Well, I mean, yeah, those those NBA All Star guys wouldn't be cheap. Because thirteen NBA All Star guys, and you have to pay for getting them there and all the visas and all yeah. that. Mess. I mean, yeah, surely they would. The North Koreans would just put that on for them. I don't know, but whatever. Unclear. There's still still a lot of money involved, yeah. and so shit hits the fan. The funding pulls out. Don't know where it comes from, but Dennis seems relatively. Uh, chill about it yeah but it turns out he's not chill about it <laughs> anyway they returned to north korea so around january around yeah when january 6th two days Jung's... before kim Jong's birthday yeah mm. so they return he's got his entire entourage his entire basketball team and you know a few other journalists and stuff attached to the going along with it and they get invited to dinner of course the... it's like a big state dinner kind of yeah thing. a big state dinner with like the minister of culture or the minister of sport not kim Jong himself but some top dogs you know yeah, yeah. some important kind of guys within the regime yeah. dennis is an absolute mess <laughs> and at this point. point yeah it becomes clear that dennis rodman has well and truly fallen off the wagon yeah dennis is like he's a hound for the booze yeah, at this point. He, is, <laughs> he is very intoxicated yeah He's extremely drunk. He, so it's kind of the, the camera pans around and it's all the all-stars walking in and the North Korean team walking in and then Dennis Rodman at the back stumbling in and he stumbles into the minister of, of sports and he's just like clinging yeah. onto him. He poor, holds, poor fella. Holds his hand walking in yeah. and then, you know, there's a two very finely dressed North Korean women singing some traditional folk song. Yeah. And he grabs the microphone out of their hand. Karaoke time. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> singing like um, Sublime. Yeah. Like, I ain't got no Sandaria. <laughs> ain't got no crystal ball. And, he, and then like nobody is singing along yeah. with him. And no one, no one says a word. No, it's just silence. Nobody knows. Of 40 people. How to react. Yeah. And it's just these top north korean officials yeah obviously you know. also don't speak english yeah it's yeah. very clear <laughs> just dennis rodman wasted being smashed and just and then and then it gets like it goes from uh funny drunk guy to like aggressive asshole drunk guy yeah so there's a guy there this irish guy who's kind of follows them there with a documentary crew and uh he's a journalist and he wants to write a book about like dennis rodman's experiences in north korea mm. and 
obviously he needs Dennis Rodman for this and he needs him to be cooperative and Dennis just absolutely flips at this. So he he was fine with doing this and giving up all the information and everything and mm. telling him how it was. But at this dinner, he just flips and yeah. then just screaming at the he, guy he, in his face. He changes his mind. Yeah. And there's, again, there's like a hundred other people in this dining hall. Yeah. And he's and just, just Dennis. And Dennis is the only one standing up to <laughs> Everyone else is seated for dinner. Yeah. And Dennis just <laughs> launching some tirade Screeching into some guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, nobody knows how to react, so they just have to let it go. Yeah. And then Dennis eventually just calms down and sits down and has dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for what it's worth, we've been watching this documentary called... Uh, Dennis Rodman's Big Bang in Pyongyang. That's the one. It's put together by some Irish media outlet. It's funny. The it's narration really, is funny. It's really good. It's free on YouTube. It's very much worth a watch yeah. Dennis Rodman's Big Bang in Pyongyang yeah. highly recommended that's where a lot of the research for this came from so yeah. mm. first hand but okay so so they survive the wasted dinner next day they go to train a little bit more they're going to have like a joint training session between the NBA guys and the North Korean team yeah and so you know that would probably be fine if it weren't for the fact that once again... <laughs> Dennis is still drunk. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Rodman shows up, wasted again. Yeah. And, and you notice in every scene, he's always wearing his sunglasses. And I'm like, oh, that seems a bit disrespectful or something. Yeah, but he always does that. And then he takes them off and you're like, well, put them back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's smashed. Um, they have this little training session. Afterwards, they interview some of the North Korean players. And, and they, they all kind of say the exact same thing. Except for one. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> the guys say the exact same thing of like, yeah, it was really nice to gain experience. We mm. wanted to learn from them. And then they, you know, they interview four other guys and they say the exact same. And then one one guy. He's probably, just like confused. Probably in the labor minds. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I expected better from the NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, this guy's sort of like, I thought the NBA was the best league in the world. And <laughs> who's this guy? Who are just these drunk guys? The yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, the NBA all stars that like they're in their they're 50s. Yeah, some of them are really old. Yeah, it's like they're mm. not going to be good anymore. No, no. So like they're, they're all a head taller than the Korean players. Yeah. But. They are like the Korean players that are in the prime of their life. They're like early twenties, yeah. And these guys are in their fifties, yeah. not nearly as nimble as they used to be. Not nearly this as looks good. like a lot of like really tall dads playing yeah. basketball. Well, that's here. essentially what it is. Yeah. But so one of them sort of takes control. His name was Charles Smith. He's got a big business. He knows how to talk to people. He's a really smart guy. Yeah. And he realizes like, okay, fuck, somebody's got to take leadership here. Like Dennis is. It cannot off- be Dennis. Dennis is off the rails. This is fucked up. Dennis is a loose cannon at yeah. this point, so, and he's just swearing and screaming at everyone. Yeah. So he's he runs the best training session he can, and that's all very well and good. And then you know the the night ends. They're supposed to play the next day, I think it is. Yeah. And then suddenly some of there's this tension amongst the camp because a lot of the guys are getting messages from their sponsors at home being like you know you, you cannot do this no you can't you can't go through with this like yeah. north korea is a human rights like violation d- disaster yeah. he's just executed people in his like top cabinet uh, we're going to pull your sponsorship if you go through with this game he executed his uncle with like a rocket like a ballistic missile yes <sighs> that's not good no and so you know they're all panicking and so we have to make a decision as a team here. Mm. How are we going to do this? And this bloke, Charles Smith. Meanwhile, Dennis Rodman's fucked off his face somewhere else. Dennis, it says, it says in the documentary. So they were having a pretty serious discussion about what they want to do. Dennis is in his room drinking. <laughs> yeah, he's just smashed. <laughs> yeah. And so they're trying to figure out how they're going to do this. Charles Smith, again, the, the really mature leader guy. Good connections, I suppose. He organizes an interview with CNN. 
Yeah, American, this is massive at this point. The American broadcaster to sort of, you know, give them the chance to explain themselves. So this would have been obviously the first time CNN or any major broadcaster in the US has ever had contact with an American inside North Korea. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting point too, actually. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um, but so they do this interview. So it was like a big thing. Yeah, they, they've agreed, like, you know, Charles is going to do all the talking. Yeah, they agreed, like, I think 10 set questions that they were going to ask them. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. what do you think about the regime? And they said, oh, we're here to play basketball. Yeah. You know, it's the standard yeah, we're, back we're, and forth. Yeah. yeah, We're ostensibly trying to spread the sport. Yeah. To, and we to, want people to have good memories yeah. in North Korea of basketball. Exactly. To yeah. break down some borders a little bit. This is not political. Yeah. This is nothing. It so happens to be the case that it's on Kim Jong's birthday. It's not a birthday present. Yeah, it's just yeah. how it worked out. Exactly. And then the guy, so they have 10 set questions and then yeah. the interviewer asks one more. He's like, Dennis, what do you think about all of this? Yeah, so he asked Dennis if he gets the opportunity because he has this private relationship with Kim yeah. Jong-un if he will campaign for the release of Kenneth Bay, the American prisoner that we were talking about earlier. Exactly. At which point Dennis Rodman loses his absolute mind. <laughs> yeah. And, and he just starts swearing and screaming at the guy. Yeah, yeah. And so, again, he's still wasted. <laughs> he's screaming at this reporter over the live camera. He's sort of accusing the reporter of trying to drag them down into the mud of politics. He's suggesting that... He's sort of asking the reporter, like, do you know what that man did to this country? Yeah, he's, he's suggesting that Kenneth Kenneth Bay, he did, like, some heinous, yeah. horrendous crimes. <laughs> the way that he's talking suggests that he's, like, committed some atrocity yeah. to the to the North Korean people. And the thing is, then the reporter's like, yeah, no one knows what he did. It's not been, like, released there's what he no, did. There's been no charges, yeah. like, He's just been sentenced to 15 years. Please so, tell us what he did. Yeah, so Dennis carries on with this whole, this whole spiel of, like, he's the worst person yeah. alive, you know? Yeah. And so eventually, I think they everybody sort of gives up on it. it. Yeah, yeah. They let Dennis Rodman just keep going, and yeah. the reporter realizes he's not going to get anything else. The nothing ch- constructive the, anyway. The, Dennis's teammates realize they're not going to be able to stop him from saying anything stupid. Yeah. So they say, you know, w- worth a try. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, they're they're still kind of unsure if they're going to keep the game get on. Yeah. Uh, but we'll find out after Lockled Moon if that happens or not. Lyssna på Morning Glory varje fredag klockan 11 där vi bjuder på intressanta gäster och aktuella ämnen blandat med ny musik. Se på kaffet för nu tar vi oss an dagen tillsammans. Fredagar klockan 11.00. Yes, welcome back to Ordinary Observations. We're discussing Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And we, uh, we just got into their CNN interview that they did. It was an absolute yeah, mess, a, little, a car crash of an interview. Yeah, a little bit of a crisis control interview kind of thing going on there. Yeah. Mm. So that, so in the end, the guys say, well, look, CNN cut that pretty well. You yeah, know? It, they, they did them a bit of a favor. Yeah, actually. They could have really strung the Dennis Rodman losing his mind part out on national television, but I think they cut some of the worst yeah. of it out. So they decide to, in the end, go ahead with this game, this exhibition game. Mm. And uh, it's, it's really weird from the start. So they open into the scene changes into this weird looking stadium. It looks kind of like an old school gym. Or it's something. like a school hall, but just imagine. But like, imagine then like 20,000 seats <laughs> yeah, yeah, fit in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's sort of exactly yeah. how I was going to say it. It's like a school hall, but just enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 50 times as big yeah, as a school hall. I think it looks like there's about 20,000 people. Yeah, in yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So the thing is packed to the roof mm. of like just North Koreans. I don't know. 
normal, definitely not normal people. Uh, I, I think they're probably... In the army, it seems also kind of... Ah, I don't matter. know. They've been shuttled in there. I don't know. Yeah, so Whatever. The, the players come in, and then Dennis takes the stage, as he always does, mm. and takes the center stage. Yep. And he makes a really weird, like, punishing speech where he just slurs his what? He's drunk again. He's still wasted, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's still been on the vodka since 10 a.m. And uh, is basically saying, like, oh, thank you, Kim Jong, for perfect opportunity to come to North Korea. He he basically can't think of things to say. He's just mm. like, oh, yeah, um, it's nice to be here. And then he just stops and he starts singing Happy like, Birthday. I've only to got him. one thing left to say then. Happy birthday to you. You can hear just the, the vodka in his voice. Yeah, but then, like, <laughs> the, the best part about that is when the entire crowd of 20,000 North Koreans starts clapping along. Yeah, but it's not clapping along. Like, there's no tune to it. They're no, just clapping. But yeah, they've never heard the song. Yeah. They don't know what the beat is like. <laughs> exactly. So they're all out of time with each other. They're all out of time with the song. And then obviously, like Kim Jong-un, he doesn't speak English. You know, He's just sitting there. Hmm. looking confused and bored yeah because he's like guys i came for the basketball it's my birthday hmm. come on hmm. and uh he looks like a little, little kid at a wedding yeah he, like in his oversized suit he looks like a fat little six-year-old who's <laughs> yeah. like, been told they can't have any more cake at the yeah, wedding yeah and his, just have to sit there his terrible fitting suit it's pretty funny because like this is one day after the cnn interview and they're like no it's not political we don't care about the regime <laughs> the, the, dennis rodman singing happy the, birthday the, the, the date just happens to be what it is it's not about anybody's birthday <laughs> not about his birthday <laughs> dennis, dennis rodman's like happy oh, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh my god yeah so the um so as we discussed earlier that the old nba boys they are old they're like dads they have dad bods and uh, the younger Korean players are just way faster and fitter and just, like, running rings around them. They can also shoot from way downtown as well. Yeah, Dennis clearly taught them well. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. Raining threes. Yeah, so they're raining three-pointers outside the D. And uh, Dennis... Uh, so they, this is up to about half-time now. And they've it, the score is fairly close, but it's clear that the North Korean guys are way fitter. Like, the, mm. the NBA players have had about 15 changes and they're always rolling the subs <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, constant rolling subs. <laughs> yeah. And so Dennis just leaves the court after that. I guess, I mean, he's been on, like, he's been drinking for the whole trip. Yeah. He cannot have the stamina for this. Yeah. And he goes and sits beside uh, Kim Jong-un. He also adopts one of these, like, very oversized grain Korean suits. Nondescript. Yeah, and he's just hooning away the cigars as always yeah, yeah. next to him. And uh, in the end, um, well, it finishes the half with um, North Korea 45, the NBA 39. Yeah. And then they decide to mix it up and play a bit of a friendly. That's quite nice. Yeah, I like the idea of that's, that. That's cute. I mean, I I kind of get the feeling like, of course, it's extremely weird, but the guys do actually just want to play basketball mm. and make it nice. Mm. I guess. Make it well, nice. they had to play nice basketball at that be, point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And uh, the crowd seems to love that when it's all a bit mixed up and uh, everyone gets a medal at the end. Yeah, I think because they'd mix the teams up, it became a little bit less competitive and more like... Fun. You know, like they were doing a few more sort of Tricks. cool slam dunks and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like there, little... yeah, there's some scenes where like the NBA guys are like like jumping and like holding the ring and yeah, stuff. That's cool. like 360 slam dunk. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a bit more of a party atmosphere, but still a game of basketball. Yeah, so immediately after the final whistle, the whole crowd like simultaneously votes <laughs> together burst into the same song oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then they're all, la- all clapping not laughing clapping clapping and then everyone gets a medal and it's kind of nice that's, I, I guess I, like that's the image that they wanted it to yeah, look of like of course yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, 
And then the next day, they have kind of like an off day, and all the players and the NBA players and the Korean players go to this like water park. Yeah, bro, they hit the aquatic center. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like <laughs> seeing like some Koreans who have clearly never seen like any black guys, just yeah. like <laughs> these two meter giants throwing down the water slides. Yeah. Or like cruising in the lazy river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, hanging out in the spa. Or funny. That's good TV. That's yeah, what people yeah, want to see. That's good TV. That's what. Yeah. And um, then, so yeah, everyone's going to the, the, the water park having a lot of fun and Dennis however is uh, he's whisked off to like three hours away there's a ski resort mm. which is apparently Kim Jong-un's favourite ski resort in North Korea I think it's probably the only one he gets a, he gets a little it's, private invitation it's gotta be yeah. yeah and the ski resort actually looks pretty nice it looks good yeah it looks good massive I, and too. there's nobody there either no, so yeah. I mean uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of acreage on the slopes <laughs> trying to imagine Kim Jong-un on a pair of skis <laughs> like, he's like a meatball bro <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got a real round body shape yeah yeah real yeah. kind of yoga he's ball not, size he's <laughs> not an athletic kind of guy let's leave it at that onion shaped <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, but yeah Dennis gets a private tour of this but Kim Jong-un actually never shows up and uh, it kind of sounds like Dennis just fucked it. He got, well, he got snubbed again, it sounds like. like. Yeah. Like, Kim Jong-un is obviously going to be at the basketball game because it's for his birthday, but mm. he doesn't want to show drunk Dennis a whole thing of his, like, favorite ski resort for him to fuck it up again. Yeah, yeah. so that sort of came out in the washer later. Like, oh, real big shame that, you know, they get whisked away for this weekend to the cool ski resort with Kim Jong-un. He never shows up. That's kind of dog shit. Yeah. What a, what a dick. And then... Then it turns out, oh... It's better for Kim, uh, of yep. all people, just to save face and be no, like, no. apparently Dennis Robin like, really, like, went, like, violently drunk yeah. everywhere and was like, no, 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 we can't have the Supreme Leader around this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not so happening. So he, he kind of shared the bed on that one. It's just a case of, like, had Dennis actually, like, cared a little bit more and been a bit more sober on this trip, like, perhaps there could have been some actual change because Kim seemed to like the guy. Yeah, it's interesting to think what might have been had Dennis Rodman been a little bit more in control of his own Because he drinking. was full self-destructive. Yeah. Like, and there's scenes also at this dinner, again, going back to that, where he's saying to the guys, like, yeah, and after everything, they give you a little, like, shot of, like, sake or something. Mm. He's like, yeah, Dennis, you don't have to drink it, man. Yeah. <laughs> no one else in the team is. Uh, but it's an interesting argument to wonder what... What could have been. What could have been, especially yeah. if, like, the media presence or the media scrutiny on him wasn't so strong. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have actually gone completely off the rails like he did. True, mm. true. Maybe something, yeah. Yeah, so this this was in 2014, and uh, then in November of the same year, uh, Kenneth Bay and his heinous crimes, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> from Dennis. And his unspecified heinous <laughs> crimes. He was released. Yeah. And that was a massive deal. Yeah. That was pretty unexpected, I think. And uh, it's kind of hilarious to think that potentially Dennis just going mental on the CNN interview just drew a lot of attention to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kenneth Bay himself thanks Dennis Rodman for his release. Because the attention... Because he kind of got him out, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So that was 2014. And then in 2017, Dennis returned back to North Korea after a long time in rehab in the US. Mm. But he didn't get to meet Kim Jong-un again. I think it's no. I think it's not happening. Yeah, I think he's been snubbed at this yeah. point. Yeah. He bought a load of gifts for the, for the family. <laughs> yeah, true. He bought some a soap set, a <laughs> copy of Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, and a Where's Waldo book for Kim's daughter. Mm. The soap thing is funny. It's everyone's fucking uncle at Christmas getting them links. Yeah, links Africa. <laughs> yeah. Like... The, the spray on and the, the shower the shower gel, gel yeah shower gel. but it's funny because it's what you give like a stinky 14 year old boy <laughs> for Christmas it's like yeah. oh yeah. it links Africa that, that goes well yeah 
goes all right. And I'm, then I'm just pee. I mean, and rice I think I think I'm wearing Lynx Africa this morning. Oh yeah, I still wear Lynx Africa. <laughs> it still it's, uh, still goes hot. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's over kind of with Kim. But the art of the deal was funny too. Because obviously it's a communist country. Yeah. They, don't, they don't have like a they don't have a stock market. They don't have a free market. No. So Donald Trump's book on how to succeed in like a Western free market society. But could that be foreshadowing a bit of Trump and Kim Jong Un's friendship there? Perhaps. Maybe, Maybe he, he read the read book. It, yeah. Maybe he read the book and was like, "Fuck, this guy's got some plans." I mean, they met eventually. But what was he to do with the information? He can't read English either. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was Dennis Rodman. And uh, he was also present when Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un met in Singapore mm. to discuss the relationships between the two countries. And uh, he broke down crying yeah. to finally see Kim Jong-un again. I don't know in what official capacity Dennis Rodman played in this meeting. Because I, I get the understanding that he probably thought he's like, oh, finally, I'm a mediator or something. But yeah. it's like he was just there. Yeah. I, I don't know. He he said he deserved to be there, which I believe is true. He did yeah. deserve to be there, but I don't know if he was. He wasn't part of anything. He released Kenneth Bay. He wasn't part <laughs> of any important discussions. He was there, and that's that's Dennis Rodman. I think that's Dennis Rodman. We've talked for forty minutes about <laughs> Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong Un. All right, all right. This is Malaki Curly Gang. K103 Göteborgs studentradio sänder alla dagar i veckan. Kolla vår tablå på k103.se. Yes, that was Malake with Curly Gang. It is Wednesday night. It is cold as fuck outside and it is ordinary observations with Jack and Mark. We're talking odd friendships. Yeah, remarkable friendships of the world. Yeah. Next one up is Erdogan and Mesut Özil. Mm-hmm. So Erdogan, he's the current president of Turkey. Recep Tayyip Erdogan, big Turkish man of it. Yeah. Yeah. Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Yep. And uh, yeah, so he's been the president of Turkey since 2014. Mm. And he was the prime minister of Turkey before that from 2003. And before that, he was the mayor of Istanbul. Yeah. He's been in Turkish politics a while. He's 69 years old. And uh, yeah, he's a pretty problematic geezer. (laughs) I've heard some. uh... Yeah, he's very controversial. Yeah. He uh, He's a big champion of neoliberal free market economies. So he was responsible at the start of his... Um, premiership. Premiership, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was responsible for huge economic growth for Turkey. However, this luck ran out. And uh, Turkey now has a massively high rate of inflation. That's mm. 60% inflation in Turkey. So I understand that to reduce inflation, you need to increase interest, interest rates. rates. yeah. And he just doesn't believe it. No. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just... No, because he thinks the free market fixes it. Yeah, so it's... And they have now, like, one of the, like, worst performing currencies <laughs> in the world. It's one of the tenants of, like, economics, right? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, not buying it. Not having that. <laughs> not in my house. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this caused huge unemployment and economic crises after economic crises. Now there's also massive amounts of allegation corruptions, uh, corruption allegations. He remains and, popular, though. Yeah, he's massively popular in Turkey, mm. hugely popular outside of Turkey, especially in Germany. Ah. Which links us on to Mesut. Mesut mm-hmm. Özil, he's a, um, is a former professional footballer. He's born in Germany to Turkish parents. He's third generation Turk in mm-hmm. Germany. And he would grow up to play for enormous European clubs like Real Madrid and Arsenal. And he, yeah, he played for the German team, Der Mannschaft, uh, for nine years, and he won the World Cup yep. in 2014 with them. Mm-hmm. He left the team in 2018, 
uh, following discrimination and disrespect from the German media and the German Football Federation. And yeah, he was he was really good. He was a really good footballer. Yeah, considered one of the best of his generation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The best playmakers, number ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, they first met the pair of them in Berlin in 2010 when Erdogan was the prime minister of Turkey, and it was a qualification game for the World Cup between Turkey and Germany. Yeah, so Özil would have only just have made the squad at that point. Yeah, so, he was yeah. very young. So mm. this was before... Yeah, he was like 21. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. This this was before he got the move um, to Arsenal then. Mm. And uh, Erdogan's with uh, Angela Merkel in the stands. Do you reckon Merkel's any fun to watch a football match with? I reckon she loves the football. You reckon? She, yeah, yeah. So I reckon she's really into it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Özil scores in this game and he's uh, booed by the Turkish supporters in uh, the stands mm. and uh, he didn't he didn't really celebrate the goal either which is kind of something you do in football when you score against your old club or mm. something like that right right yeah so I was like oh, I uh, so he showed a bit of humility yeah to his parents and his grandparents his, uh, yeah, his for ancestral sure. homeland kind of thing yeah mm. and well, uh, yeah fair enough yeah and since then they met uh, in random locations around the world just I guess in football context but he's also met with him privately too and uh, the big controversy was in 2018 when Özil and two other guys one of them Ilkay Gundogan who's also in the German team yeah also Turkish heritage in the German yeah, team exactly, yeah exactly yeah. and another guy uh, Cenk Tezum who played for Everton but he was just a bit shit yeah, he doesn't count <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they gave their signed jerseys to Erdogan after a game mm. And uh, this was criticized by Angela Merkel, the German Football Federation, and the media because um, Erdogan was always banging on about Germany accepting more and more migrants and yeah. changing their migration policy. And he was really harsh to the EU and uh, to Germany in particular. Mm. And it was also very messy because Germany has a really big uh, Turkish population. And yeah, it was just bad timing because oh. the World Cup's about to go on and the Turkish elections where Erdogan is re-elected are about to go on yeah, too. Yeah, so politically Germany, Turkey had somewhat of a loggerheads you might say yeah yeah for and sure. they don't appreciate their national they don't, players they don't appreciate two guys two really good guys from the team being like oh here's this uh who germany views as a dictator here's our nice kits yeah. that we're giving them yeah. yeah 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 germany played really badly in this world cup <laughs> yeah they got shagged man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't get out of the pool stage lost famously to south korea and to mexico Oof. and he became a bit of a scapegoat from that i think the tempers definitely flared after this him and yeah. gundogan were like yeah you guys did this Okay. Which is just not true. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. whole team played shit. Some pretty yeah. unjustified uh, responses. Responses. Yeah, Criticisms. So, and, yeah, so, and definitely a racial element to it as well. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. By that, though, they became closer, the two of them, Erdogan and Urza. And he was present at Urza's wedding in Turkey. <laughs> he was actually the best man That's at his wedding. Weird, and bro. also the officiator. Yeah. So, but, so he was the one who signed them to, you know, like you need a witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's that. Yeah, I guess he's got... The power vested How in me. How mad is that? Uh, it's fucking bizarre, considering... Well, at this <laughs> at this point, Erzo is 30, yeah. and at, at that point, Erdogan's 65 or something. Like, oh, well and truly old enough to be his dad. And so, why would you want that old culture being here? But also, why would you want someone who's so high in politics to be uh, your officiator and best man? I don't know. Weird. But I think it's worth noting that he marries... Former Miss Turkey. Former Miss Turkey. He was actually born in Sweden. So yeah. Bit of, bit of Shout out Sweden. Up the Simbas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they got married in Istanbul. Yeah, by the Bosphorus. A swanky hotel on the banks of the Bosphorus. The Bosphorus is such a sick river name. Bro, it's, well, would you call it a river? It's more of a strait. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I was going to say the Bosphorus and the Tigris. Oh, very the ti- good. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very nice choices. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Thank the, you. The, bo- the Bosphorus sounds so fucking sick, bro. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yes, they also broke their fast together. It was like a massively big thing. They broke their fast together during Ramadan in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they've had a lot of contact, it seems. Like, it uh, didn't stop them when the German media was like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, I think, I think being somebody's best man in their wedding is it's huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Side note on Erdogan, though. Huh? Did you see recently uh, Elon Musk met Erdogan? Yeah, I don't know. And if... it's really weird. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to become good friends. No. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Erdogan is clearly just confused yeah. by him. He's like, why am I talking to this idiot? Yeah. And he's got his... Cause he's got Musk's... his, like, two-year-old kid with him, and the kid is just screaming. Yeah, well, the, the one they've named... The... It's like XE13 or yeah, something. Yeah, whatever. Know. They call him X. Yeah. Yeah. The one uh, he had with Grimes. The yeah, Grimes yeah, exactly. Mother. And uh, this kid is just screaming in this in this thing, and mm. Erdogan's like, "Where is the mum?" Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Musk has to like awkwardly explain, like, "Oh, uh, they're separated. Uh, she, she lives in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I take care of her most of the time." Yeah. <laughs> and then Erdogan gives him a little football and a turkey kit, and the kid cries even more, <laughs> no, which just, I think is funny. Super bizarre. I don't know why those two were meeting. Anyway, yeah, Erdogan is not a good person. Erdogan's not a good person. This is Irk pregame capybara. From the island. Yes, this is K103 Gothenburg Student Radio, the Ordinary Observations with Jack and Mark. You can find us on Spotify and on Instagram at Ordinary Observations. Yep, we've been talking uh, remarkable friendships. Weird friendships. Weird friendships. Most of them have been about kind of like disagreeable people yeah. until now. But we've got Eminem and Elton John next up. <laughs> I mean, I'm still I mean, okay, he's not perfect, but yeah, yeah. Elton John, everybody loves Elton John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so. Uh, yeah, perhaps a rather unlikely friendship. Yeah. Given Elton the f- John, an openly gay man. Yeah, a very openly gay man. Yeah. Eminem, gay right activist. Eminem um, hasn't been shy from using... Extremely homophobic <laughs> okay. language. Hasn't been shy from using quite violent, misogynistic, and homophobic lyrics at times. So, how did that happen then? So, um, at least not in his younger days. I'm not much of an Eminem kind of guy, but I've heard some stuff. Yeah, it's not great. But whatever. Uh, so, the two first met when they teamed up to perform Eminem's hit song, Stan, at the 2001 Grammy Awards ceremony. Okay. Yep. So, it's it's the one which samples that Dido song, right? So, Eminem's rapping, mm. and then Elton John was singing the Dido parts and playing the piano at the same time. It's also, like, quite funny because you can't swear at the... Yeah, at the Grammys. At, yeah, yeah, so it's like Eminem, his song's full of swear words. Yeah. And then he, he has to substitute... Uh, he can't say the word shitty, so he has to say crummy. <laughs> it's, like, really immature. <laughs> like, what's up, Stan? I've been feeling pretty crummy, man. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, interesting though, he's allowed to say the word bitch. So, oh, okay. I mean, it was two thousand and one. We yeah, we had an. But I just mean like it's like, crummy. <laughs> yeah, it's like so like, crummy. So today. lame, like Eminem, a tough guy rapping the word crummy. Crum crum crum. Okay, so it's a great performance. Uh, they they held hands when they thanked the crowd afterwards. So it's it's all very sweet. Apparently, you know that made some sort of statement. I'm not sure Eminem was anticipating it. Elton John seemed to be sort of initiating the hand. Keen for it, yeah, yeah. But that's all right. Elton John has recounted this meeting with Eminem for the first time on the Graham Norton show. He says, you know, they became friends then and they've been friends ever since. I just adore him. That's a quote. Mm. Evidently, Eminem didn't even know that Elton was gay when they first met. <laughs> uh, perhaps he would have been a little bit more ashamed if... Uh, <laughs> Backed off, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, ashamed of his lyrics if he had known that. Yeah, perhaps. probably. But Elton John, is he's, he's, he always insisted that he saw Eminem's songs as like he's 
portraying a character who would behave uh, like this. Okay, it's, not, it's a bit. It's, it's not like his personal thoughts. It's it was a bit. It's the it's a product of the surroundings that he's yeah. trying to convey. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but you, you get what yeah. I mean. Yeah. And so Elton John actually revealed in his autobiography that he is in fact Eminem's Alcoholics Anonymous sponsor. So he is his AA sponsor. Yeah. D- does Just he, wild. Though. Does anybody know what sponsor means in this context, though? I think it's kind of the person you're meant to rely on to like keep you on the course. Mm-hmm. So it's someone you have to confide a lot in. Yeah. Which is then even more interesting to all of this. So yeah, Elton John obviously really cares about Eminem. Like they're very close. He would call them every day. In the, in the early days. not Maybe not anymore, yeah, but... But that's cool. In the early days, I call him every day oh. to check in that everything's doing fine. And then when Elton John and his long-term partner David Furnish were officially partnered in a civil union when that became legal in 2005, mm-hmm. Eminem sent the couple a wedding gift to celebrate. Any idea? Was it an album? It was two diamond-encrusted cock rings. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> delivered on velvet cushions. <laughs> Uh, Elton claims to this day that they remain unused. That's good. So, I mean, hopefully that sort of indicates that by that point he had turned his homophobia down a little bit at least. You don't. I don't so, know. I think, but I think that's all the time we've got for this show, unfortunately. I guess it makes us like a celebrity drama, like gossip show now. Yeah, we probably have to stick to that now. Uh, we've okay. crowned ourselves. Yeah. Anyway. Quick shout outs. Quick shout outs. Grand final weekend. Up the Simbas. Up the Simbas. Uh, happy birthday, Louis Capaldi from uh, two days ago. Good on you, Louis. And uh, yeah, on this day, Wednesday, 11th of October, 1982, there was a huge Amsterdam riot involving a train. That caught on fire. That caught on fire. I think that's important. All right, that's a prelude for next week. This is Hibiscus, GBG State of Mind. Thank you so much for listening and have a great evening. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.